The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Outside the Huddle, featuring your host, Lemont Williams, with John Inglesby. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here are your hosts, Lemont Williams and John Inglesby. Voice America, welcome back to another week of Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Network. I'm Lemont Williams, and my new co-host for this season is John Inglesby. John, welcome to the show. Let's go ahead and recap the listeners. The listeners, if you're out there, you can contact the show at 1-888-346-9144, or you can email us at the show at Sports at yahoo.com. John, it's been a while since we've been on air since the Super Bowl. How's everything going up there in Boston? Everything's terrific. Never a dull moment in the world of sports up here. And uh, so it couldn't be better. Uh, Football is in the air already with OTAs underway throughout the league. So uh, even though it, it, we haven't talked since the Super Bowl or been on air, uh, you know, it's uh, football still all around us, which is great. Yeah, it's glad to be back on the network, Voice America Sports Network. I want to thank Ray and everybody up there at Voice America Sports for allowing us to come back for another season. And John, I'm glad to have you on as a co-host this year. So, uh a lot of promising things for us coming down this season, and I'm excited to talk about sports. So let's go and get today's show started. John and I will talk about our primary teams that we cover uh, last year as well as this year, uh, the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans. We'll go around the NFL, talk about different headlines and storylines from this week and last week, discuss the 2010 NBA draft, and we're going to weigh in on the uh, NBA free agent market that starts July 2nd. But first, like you just stated, John, let's go ahead and preview the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and the L.A. Lakers starting tomorrow night. John, tomorrow is a showdown, the title town showdown, pretty much the most championship win in both franchises in the NBA history. The 2010 series, uh, for the most part, this past season was a 1-1 tie between the Boston Celtics and the Lakers with a one-point victory from each team. I looked at the stats, had a chance to study these teams, John, that's coming in tomorrow's game, the Boston Celtics and L.A. Lakers. They pretty much look the same across the board. But, uh, John, what do you think about the 2010 NBA Finals? Well, first of all, the wait up here, especially up here in Boston, just seems endless since the Celtics clinched on Friday night and the Lakers clinched on Saturday night. But the good news is it, we, it will be worth the wait. Uh, first of all, you know, Boston's still recovering uh, – needed to recover from the Bruins' collapse in the playoffs, giving up the 3-0 series lead and 3-0 Game 7 lead. And uh, the perfect antidote to that proved to be the Celtics. And uh, so 
everybody up here is very, very confident. I mean, the, the Celtics, uh, you know, have returned on the defensive end to that form of 2008 when they won the championship beating the Lakers. And, you know, they're just clicking on all cylinders. Uh, what they've done so far really is pretty spectacular. They've beaten uh, the, two, the, the two teams with the best records in the NBA, the Cavaliers and Orlando. Just as importantly, they beat three of the brightest stars in the NBA. They, you know, for the first uh, series, of course, they beat Dwayne Wade in the Heat, then LeBron, then Dwight Howard, and now they're facing the last remaining megastar, you might say, and that's Kobe. And uh, you know, it's uh, Kobe's got you know Kobe's got to beat the Celtics to be truly fulfilled in his career. It seems to be the last thing he has yet to do. Yeah, absolutely and, right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry, John. Yeah, absolutely right. And this uh, tomorrow's finals matchup is, 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 is outstanding, in my opinion. Let's go ahead and try to break down this matchup going on starting tomorrow uh, with the scores. You know, you guys, Boston, have Paul Pierce averaging 18 points per game. L.A. Lakers, we just mentioned Kobe Bryant and his legacy. He averaged 20, 27 points per game. Had a chance to do some due diligence, look at different different styles. Their styles is pretty much the same. They're well rounded at the power four spot. They got you know Garnett and Gasol. Lakers got Gasol. But John, uh, in my opinion, here's 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 the difference in this series. I think it's going to come down to number one. I think the Celtics should continue their good bench play. Uh, with guys coming off the bench contributing to to whatever momentum they create. Also, Rondo. I think Rondo's skill set is a is a big is a big play, especially in this game one. If uh, Coach uh, Doc Rivers allows him to freelance like he normally does, let him run up and down the court, fast breaks, and do his thing, I think he, that'll be a plus for the Celtics. To the Lakers, I think they need to take advantage of the home court advantage. Uh, they're undefeated right now, at the Staples Center in the playoffs postseason, so they need to continue that. And my main factor for the Lakers to be able to pull off this series, Andrew, Andrew Bynum. The matchup against uh, Perkins, I think uh, if he can match that aggressive play by Perkins, I think the Lakers have a shot of winning this. Well, I agree. I, I, they're all good points, and you know your analysis uh, down in Houston is you know pretty right on with uh, a lot of the big analysis that I'm hearing right here in Boston and nationally. Uh, I think Rondo clearly is the X factor when I look across, you know. At the various matchups, the one that just jumps out at me is Derek Fisher trying to stop Rondo. I don't see it. Um, Rondo has just obviously elevated his game to the next level and, uh, you know, is doing some things that really I, as a lifelong NBA fan, you know, have not seen too often over the years. Uh, he's just, you know, running, you know, running these games like I haven't seen in years and uh, since practically the Magic days. One problem with Rondo is every once in a while, you know, he'll, he'll kind of disappear from a game. Um, so it's a bit of feast or famine, but, you know, I, I, a lot more feasting this year than, than famine uh, compared with the postseason of 08 when he was just really getting underway. But, you know, our test is brought in to, you know, stop Pierce, and uh, so, you know, I think that'll be an interesting matchup. I agree. Bynum, Bynum Perkins, uh, Garnett, Gasol, and Kobe, Ray Allen are all going to be, you know, interesting matchups. I mean, the, clearly they're fairly even or, you know, 
both both sides of each of those matchups bring a lot to the table. And then you have uh, Rasheed coming off the bench, as, as well as Big Baby Davis, Glenn Davis, uh, yeah. and he's mat- they're matched, you know, pretty much by Lamar Odom. But the one thing, and Derek Fisher is a cagey veteran, but I just don't see him stopping Rondo if he goes on, if he puts together a, a package of games like he has put together in the mm-hmm. Cleveland and Orlando series. He could be the difference. It would definitely see start tomorrow on ABC. Uh, what matchup would take advantage of? I mean, what team would take advantage of their matchup and get that first victory in LA? Let's go and play, have a little fun here, John. Uh, you know, I've been debating all week uh, the greatest Laker with different people, sports writers here in Houston and friends uh, between the greatest Laker between Magic and Kobe. But I also threw a, uh, a wrench in there. I threw Kareem in there. So you know, we're gonna play a little game. We have to start a franchise, either win the owner shoes, John, or the GM shoes. And we had to pick, you know, pick one of the greatest Lakers to, to draft. Which one would you, uh, which one would you draft first out of Magic, Kareem, and, and Kobe? In which order? It's a tough one, um, and my tendency is very often to go for the big man in the middle. But you know, in this particular case, I think I just have to go with Magic, and I can almost make my case based on, you know, the night they won the championship in Philadelphia when Kareem was not there, they put Magic in Kareem's place. And he went off and had 42 points and a whole lot of other rebounds and assists and whatnot. He was a one-man show, and and they beat uh, Moses Malone and and the Sixers to win the championship that night. And uh, I don't think Kareem even made the trip. So in a rare, rare, in this rare case, I would have to say uh, Magic would be the guy I would take to start that franchise. Okay, I'll 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 probably go with Kareem if we had to start one. I I think it's a Throughout big man, especially good quality big man, and Kareem had that sky hook, so that was an undeniable uh, nonstop shot shot that he developed that no one can stop uh, once he got in the paint or got any anywhere close to the rim. Let's go move forward and talk about the Celtics. If we have to do uh, re- reverse the roles for the Celtics, same thing goes for the Celtics uh, legends. Which one would you draft first as the owner or GM? Uh, Larry Bird, Bill Russell, or Paul Pierce? Well, Lemon, it just simply has to be Bill Russell. He is quite simply the the winningest athlete in the history of North American sports, period. It just can't be questioned. 11 championships, NBA championships in 13 years, uh, not to mention winning national championships at University of San Francisco, winning Olympic gold medals. Uh, it's simply... Not only is it unmatched, nobody else is even close. The, the statistics are just truly mind-boggling. So, Bill Russell, hands down. I go with Larry. I've I, I always been a fan of Larry Bird. I don't know. I, something about Larry's game was was you couldn't duplicate. I said, you know, I got one with Kareem from L.A., but I go with Bird uh, with, the, with the Celtics. For some reason, I just think Bird's game was... Uh, was spectacular in Boston, so I go with Bird. But uh, John, we got less than three minutes for our first break in of our first segment. Real quick, give me your opinion on this 2010 free agent market that's kicking off in July. You think LeBron will stay with Cleveland? Ooh, I don't. I, I just think uh, he, he's kind of done all he can do there, and I'm well aware of you know his comments to Larry King last night, uh, which seemed to suggest that he was quote, comfortable in Cleveland, but uh, 
I just think he's going to get made an offer he can't refuse, uh, so to speak, and I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him in either uh, the Nets or the Knicks. I think he's saying all the right. I think he's saying all the right things right. with the fans right now, but I really believe from a business standpoint, I don't think he's coming back. So I agree with you on that. I think he's staying. He's going to go either to New York or Chicago. But um, just want to get your thoughts and. On, on the free agent market, I know it's going to kick off here in July, and it's going to be a big storm for us from the media standpoint. So I just want to get your take on it. But John, it's time for us to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll continue this discussion. Oh no, we'll move forward. We'll go forward and talk about NFL next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host John Inglesby on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration, which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern, with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network with hunting and fishing info news, talking about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and getting more from your recreation time. Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk Thursday mornings at 7 a.m. Pacific time for IS Outdoors on the Voice America Sports Channel. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they are also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. IS Outdoors offers brisk interaction with the audience, soliciting opinions and questions on a wide range of outdoors subjects. Tune in every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific time to the IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right tail. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. John, we first second we talked about the NBA and the NBA and we previewed the NBA finals as well as we talked about the NBA free agent market that's kicking off in July. Let's go ahead and move forward and talk about the sport that we dearly love so much, which is the NFL. And starting this week, headline, we've got to start with quarterbacks, so that's what's driving the NFL. Let's go ahead and talk about your uh, uh hometown or home native state team versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, he returned back to practice this week. Uh, he's subject to be suspended for six games for personal conduct policy. But he practiced for the first time with the first team this week, John. Uh, you've been a PA native. Talk about the twenty. Uh, talk about the Steelers' 2010 offseason uh, issues as far as with the quarterback and, and Holmes, as well as you think that would be a factor uh, when the season kicks off in September. Well, you know, I do, Lemont. Uh, I mean, it has been the offseason story of the year in the NFL. And, uh, you know, I saw the – uh, immediate organized team activities, OTAs yesterday in Pittsburgh. And, you know, all the questions to uh, all Roethlisberger's teammates were all about what it was like to have Ben back and things like that. So it's you know, just a, it's a massive distraction. It has been the entire off season. It continues to be so and will continue right into the season uh, with the six games. Uh, the key to the season is going to be how – uh, the backup quarterback, whoever that may be, Leftwich or Dennis Dixon, whomever, uh, Charlie Batch, uh, how they how they hold up during those six games, and then uh, when Roethlisberger returns, uh, you know, the Steelers should be fine, barring anything happening between now and then. Which I um, so yeah, it's it's just a massive, massive distraction. Uh, people I talked to in Pittsburgh uh, wouldn't mind seeing Roethlisberger. Not, not with the team, which is just wow. It's an unbelievable turn of events. How you go from being the Super Bowl guy, leading to the Super Bowl, to guys now want you off the team? But I, 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 I think here's my thing. I think it's only a distraction if if they lose. If they come out the gate losing the first couple of games uh, before Roethlisberger's come back, then it becomes a distraction. And if they win, uh, then you know people kind of sweep that under the rug. But Pittsburgh uh, definitely. Getting a lot of attention this all season with Holmes been been released and picked up by the Jets. So uh, Art Rooney and, and the Rooney family is kind of doing some damage control this all season, trying to restore that image in Pittsburgh. Let's go ahead and stick with the quarterbacks for the next two topics. And we got can't talk quarterback in this all season without talking about Jamarcus Russell. Uh, Jamarcus Russell for, every, for all the listeners out there uh, that hasn't been paying attention the last two weeks has been cut and released from the Oakland Raiders. He's a former top overall pick of the uh, 2007 draft. Uh, But then then this week, Al Davis and company uh, filed a grievance, and they want some money back from uh, Jamarcus Russell, some of that guaranteed money they gave him, that big contract. They asked him for $9.5 million back. And, and, and John, in the scheme of things, you know, with NFL being uh, a lot of the contracts not guaranteed and it's a no-nonsense football league, uh, a lot of people say NFL stands for not for long. Right. I think Russell, I think Russell should keep the money. 
I don't know. I think Al Davis is, a little, is reaching a little bit here, asking for the money back. But uh, that's you know that's the money that he earned, the signing bonus as well as guaranteed money. So I think he should keep it. Well, I agree wholeheartedly, Lee Mont. Uh, you know, contract is a contract, but you know Al Davis never met a lawsuit or a courtroom he didn't like, and uh, he used to win all these things back in the day. But uh, it's been a while for Al. I remember he was hearing the same saber rattling when he uh, when he and Lane Kiffin parted ways also. But, uh, you know, I, I have no doubts whatsoever that Jamarcus will keep every cent. Yeah, you think it's a little bit of pride there as far as Al Davis, uh, knowing that he drafted a guy that didn't pan out? I do. I do. I, I think, you know, no different than him hiring a coach that didn't pan out. He just, uh, when it doesn't go Al's way, he seems to be the first guy to go legal. And, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's his history. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a guy that did pan out last year, and that's Brett Favre. He he had his surgery last week on his ankle uh, after the playoffs lost to the New Orleans Saints last year in the NFC Championship. He had his surgery last week in Minnesota, and everybody in Minnesota State has high expectations for him to return. Uh, it seems like his ankle surgery, John, kind of decreased the uh, any doubt for him returning. So uh, what's your thoughts on Brett Favre's surgery and his return? you think he's coming back? Absolutely. I have no doubts he'll be coming back. Uh, unfortunately, we'll have to live through another summer of uh, will he or won't he. And, uh, you know, Rachel Nichols camped out on the <laughs> front lawn down there in Biloxi, Rachel from uh, ESPN. But, yeah. you know, these are the times we live in. And, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, frankly, am not looking forward to that. But, uh, but that's the way it's got to be. And, yeah, again, I have no doubts whatsoever he'll be back. And, uh, would expect he'll have another pretty good year, actually. Yeah. One thing you say you, you're not looking forward to is the Brett Favre thing, but I know one thing you're looking forward to, and that's the 20, 2014 Super Bowl that uh, New York, New Jersey, up in your area, up there close by Boston, has been awarded for the 2014 year. They were slated to get the uh, Super Bowl last week in the Meadowlands Stadium. The first Super Bowl to be played in cold weather on a cold weather site. So, John, uh, how you feel about that? How you feel about the 2010 Super Bowl? pretty much in your backyard. And uh, give, And I know you went to the owners' meeting last week as well as the commission meeting with the owners, so, uh, which is Roger Cadell. So give me your thoughts on the Super Bowl as well as the owners' meeting and the uh, commissioner's speech or meeting last week in, uh, in Boston. Well, it, it was terrific. Uh, yeah, they, I, I did attend the owners' meetings in Dallas last week, and the highlight Far and away was, you know, the announcement of New York, and it was just a truly exhilarating atmosphere. A large contingent of media were there, along with me, and uh, basically, you know, they went to four votes for the fourth and final vote, and, you know, the excitement built in the NFL network was on in the hotel lobby, right to the area joining the actual meetings, and, you know, when when New York won, I mean, it was uh, an unbelievable celebratory atmosphere it was really really terrific uh just to see how excited they were and they were toasting and congratulations all around and you know woody johnson from the jets and john mara and steve tish from the giants uh you know they held a big news conference within a matter of minutes uh and it was just really a a spectacular setting and uh, energized the entire environment uh, everybody expected new york to win but you know I, I think as each vote passed and they didn't win 
it was uh you know raising a few eyebrows but uh it really was just again um very exciting i'm i'm thrilled you know it, uh, this time i can take a train to the super bowl as opposed to a plane and then you know afterwards roger goodell after the new york contingent spoke uh roger goodell held his uh post owners meeting his press conference and talked about how excited he was with you know the historic vote and uh you know he touched on a number of other subjects you know real quickly which are you know uh that they discussed at the owners meetings which were you know big focus on ticket sales and the challenges they're facing and they're really targeting a better in stadium experience and in fact are, are going to bring in red zone uh, their innovation last year, jumping around to games, they're going to bring it into the stadium, and the Patriots themselves just announced uh, they're going to have it at Gillette Stadium during games. Um, they discussed, you know, of course, the collective bargaining agreement, labor issues, the medical issues. There's a concussion conference was uh, occurring today, actually, that yeah. the NFL was taking an active role in. Uh, you know, as Goodell said, he... Uh, wants to keep you know the the game as safe as possible overtime was tabled for the regular season um so basically you know these are uh oh, oh and the other thing was you know uh talking about preseason um you know which again he the commissioner said is just simply preseason games are not the level it should be so they'll continue to want to uh you know talk about and this will be part of the CBA going to 18 games from 16 and then just having two preseason games. And, uh, but, you know, uh, I touched on, you know, Los Angeles potentially getting a bid and stressed, you know, the need for successful private-public partnership as has worked in the past. So you uh, think, do you think that uh, the league will get a, from what was the vibe from the meeting, do you think it will be a L.A. team here recently? I do. I do. Los Angeles, is, is, it just seems inevitable, and it's shocking to think about how much time has passed since there has been a team in L.A., and okay. clearly the commissioner, uh, you know, would like to see that. Everybody would, no question. Yeah. Uh, it will happen one of these days, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll definitely see, and I, and going back to the Super Bowl, with New York being awarded the 2014 Super Bowl, I think it's a good deal. I, I mean, after you, you, know, you get over the the hoopla of, of them winning, and you actually sit back and think about it, it's you know New York, New Jersey area, your guys' area is the biggest, largest media market out there in the Northeast. Uh, yeah, you're dealing with cold, but then cold weather during that time of year. But then that was that's the makeup of football. You can't have football without the 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 weather, the weather elements of of the game. Unexpected weather, the day of the game is always a plus. For each team, or you know, if you're indoors team, then you just got to adjust. Just like if you're outdoor team, going and playing in a dome. Um, I just think it's a good good fit for the league. Uh, it doesn't hurt to try this one time. And if it doesn't work out, then they can move forward and not do it again. But I think it was a great a great opportunity for New York, the tri-state area, to get the Super Bowl in 20, uh, 2014 and uh, kind of get back to the basis of football. And kind of we've been down to the Super Bowl. We attended the Super Bowl down in Miami this past Super right. Bowl and. It was too corporate, you know. If the cold weather can keep the corporate people out, out and just make it football related, then I like that. So, I think the cold weather kind of scared people away, which kind of focused more on the football side of things. And I agree, Lee Monten. And just so you know, the uh, the New York contingent, who in, in their press conference within minutes of the vote being taken, said, you know, 
They've made massive road improvements. They're having a new railway way line, and they're going to have a, a small army, or maybe I should say a large <laughs> army of people, trucks, vehicles at the ready on Super Bowl Sunday. The only thing, it would take uh, literally a cataclysmic yeah. know, blizzard to really, truly jeopardize the game in any way, shape, or form, or prevent fans from getting there. It's just well, John, that's the music, going all out. John, that's the music, so it's time for us to take another break. Man, this hour is going by fast. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the NFL as well as talk about the Patriots and the Texans. Next on Outside the Huddle, we'll leave my Williams and co-host John Inglesby. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports we some hard hitters we some hard hitters hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show your hosts are nfl veterans mark mcmillan and co-host byron evans it's an hour of hater free radio every week You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Looking for a top show about horse racing and handicapping? Looking to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies website where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. Listen for top plays for the weekend in the spot play of the week and win prizes just for listening. Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer is live Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. All right, John, we talking about the Super Bowl for our break, and we're back. So let's, since we're on the subject of the Super Bowl, 
in the New York, New York slash New Jersey uh, area has been awarded the 2014 Super Bowl. Let's go and talk about the Jets. Talk about the Jets. They've been, they've been very active this off season, picking up a lot of good picks, a lot of free agents uh, this off season. Uh, uh, Kermati, uh they picked up. Uh, who else they picked? They picked up Ladainian Thompson. They picked up Ladainian. They picked up two San Diego Chargers uh, heading into the 2010 season. Uh, Ladainian Thomas will be 31 years old this month, but he still has some useful moves from what I've been told up in the OTAs up in New Jersey. And uh, I think it was a major offseason asset for them for their backfield, losing uh, Thomas Jones to Kansas City to free agency. And he's going to a run-happy offense. But, uh, John, what do you think about Ladainian Thompson? Uh, and do you think he'll be the difference maker for the Jets uh, this season? Well, it's a bold move, and I do like what the Jets are doing with you know, Rex Ryan, they're, they're being bold, and, and they need to, to, you know, uh, overtake the divi- overtake the Patriots in that division, you know, once and for all. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I've never been a real big Ladanian fan. You know, he, he, he never got the Chargers even to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. And, uh, you know, I, I've just, uh, I, I recognize his excellence, statistics throughout his career but you know to me I, I can't really remember one iconic run in his career to you know win or put away a playoff game uh, you know he's, he's had his moments but you know he hasn't delivered uh, the Chargers to the promised land and we'll see you know he's not getting any younger we, we all know that he didn't do much last year in uh, in San Diego but you know he may, you know, prove to be, you know, a good complementary player who, uh, you know, could uh, yeah. really just mm-hmm. add that something extra to the Jets. But, you know, I have my doubts, and I'm yeah. not looking at this through New England Patriot colored glasses either. I just think I've never considered him an overly great clubhouse presence. Uh, so we shall see. I, I don't – I think it was – the right move for the Jets, all that said. I mean, it's worth the risk, the chance and the risk for them to take. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not expecting big things from Ladanian, and I, despite what I've been hearing. I think it was, I, I think it was a, a wise pickup from the standpoint I, I harped on earlier about them being a run-happy offense, which the New York Jets like to run first, throw second. I think Ladanian Thomas can bring some leadership to that backfield, some wisdom. Uh, I think what hurt him – in San Diego was coaching, uh, the carousel for his coaching. Uh, when Marty Schottenheimer was there, he was successful in his prime, in his peak, or in his, in his heyday, if you ever want to call that. And I also think, uh, uh, I think it was coaching, and what else? I, th- I just think lack of experience out there. I think in California, especially San Diego, didn't have the experience that, that the, you thought they would have as far as at the quarterback position to win late in the playoffs, uh, so and also injuries, so that also played a factor in his, his downfall in, in San Diego. But I, we, right. we definitely will see, especially we'll see early in the season of, of the 2010 season in week two, and that kind of segued us into uh, talking about our primary teams that we cover uh, last year as well as going into this season. Let's start with your team, John, the New England Patriots. We talked about the Jets with Damian Thomas being picked up by them this offseason. You guys faced them. Let's go ahead and discuss this twenty the New England Patriots twenty ten schedule. You guys faced them in week two. Well first, before we talk about the Jets back up and go back to week one, 
Uh, New England Patriots play week one, play San Diego as a warm-up game. I call that as a warm-up game. I, we really don't know how well San Diego, I mean, Cincinnati will be this year, but I got Cincinnati winning that. I mean, I got uh, New England Patriots winning that first game, John. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, you know, the Bengals had a good year last year, but it ended with a thud against, of course, the Jets in the playoffs. Uh yeah, it's turned into a bit of a tradition playing the Jets in Week 2 uh, down there, and there's been some great games. So, you know, very much looking forward to that. Uh, you know, th- as I look at the Patriots' schedule, um, you know, there's a lot of good teams on it, but the key is going to be from November 14th through December 19th in a five-week stretch, they play three, all three of their Sunday slash Monday night games against mm-hmm. the first one, the Steelers. Second one is uh, the, hosting the Jets. That'll be a good one. And uh, Thanksgiving weekend, I believe, or, or no, just after. And then, uh, and then hosting the Packers uh, a couple weeks later. So that will be the key stretch for the Patriots. And in between, they have day games with the uh, Lions at the Lions and at the Bears. And uh, you know, of course, mixed in with their usual division uh, rivals. Uh, they're hosting the Jets in a rematch of that playoff debacle. Uh, <laughs> that's October 17th here in Gillette. And, uh, they're, you know, going out to the Chargers again, and uh, and they're also hosting the Vikings. Yeah. I so think when, when I first had a chance to review, I'm sorry, John. Uh, just as an 18-year Patriot season ticket holder, it's a great, home schedule, and, and I saved the best for last, which is uh, Sunday, November 21st, 4.15, as opposed to primetime, they are hosting the Colts. That'll be, that's the Thanksgiving weekend <laughs> one, and that will be uh, obviously, the you know, you know, one of the games of the year yet again, if not the oh, yeah. game of the year. It always is. That's yeah, always a big-time rival. When I had a chance to review the 2010 schedule for the New England Patriots, First thing I thought about, wow, they got a break this season. I said, uh, it's not really uh, top-heavy top like it normally uh, is every year. You know, we guys have a, a pretty hard schedule. So you guys are main, mainly focusing on the NFC North this season uh, uh, teams. And I have you guys finishing up 11-5. and five. I said that you guys will make the playoffs, but I don't think you guys will make, make it to Dallas, which is the Super Bowl location for this year. Due to two things, I, I think that – uh, the Patriots have some decent defense issues for our pass rushers, and I think they have a lack of experience uh, in the, at the inside linebacker position uh, due to guys being let go, retirement, or injury. But uh, I'm always thinking from a defense first mindset, so uh, and I think defense wins championships. So I think you guys will be successful this year, 11 and 5. However, if you guys make it to the Super Bowl, I think it's because you guys will make improvements at the pass rushing. Uh, a, a position as well as the inside linebacker, uh, as far as well with leadership. Well, I agree with you, uh, Lemont. I mean, I'm, across the board, you know, defense is the issue, and uh, hearing some very good things out of OTAs about uh, Brandon Spikes from Florida uh, coming in and potentially having an impact this year to go, of course, with Jared Mayo, uh, you know, emergence over the past two years. And, uh, but no, that that is. You know that that is the issue is the, is the defense. Uh, big news today, by the way, is uh, yeah, on offense. Wes Welker stunned everyone 
by being at uh, you know at OTAs, dressed mm-hmm. in uniform, going through workouts, you know, non-contact, but a little bit of cutting, a little bit of running, and you know, participating in drills with the receivers, and uh, it was just stunning. I mean, when last seen, he was in your town of Houston, yeah, we on the knee. turf, having terribly shredded his knee, and uh, I, I, I mean. Not a whole lot of surprises hits the media up here, but I can truly say today was everyone was shocked Yeah, when Welker was on the field and uh, also uh, every, were equally pleased to see Tom Brady and Randy Moss on okay. the field yeah, as well today. Yeah, I was going to ask you about Moss and Brandy, especially with Moss firing his agent, uh, yeah. long-term, long-term agent this week. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that. we got about two and a half minutes for our next break. So real quick, give me your thoughts on Randy Moss. Uh, now is a, I guess, sought-out athlete now as far as no agent and, and going to his final year of this deal with the New England Patriots. think he'll be re-signed? You know, I don't. I don't. He, uh, there was a charity softball tournament in February that put on by Heath Evans, former Patriot, current Saint, that, Randy spoke with the media about and basically, uh, in a nutshell, said, you know, the, the Patriots are not known for paying uh, the big, big free agent money. So um, I, I, I think that, you know, he'll he'll play it out, and I think he's positioning himself to go on the free, free agent market. I mean, Randy referenced when he, you know, let his agent go, who, who goes back to his high school days practically in West Virginia, but the Randy referenced, you know, marketing opportunities, which is <laughs> somewhat surprising, you might say. Randy yeah. and marketing have never quite gone together. Yeah, but, kind of late in his career for that, too. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of companies out there that wouldn't mind having a Randy Moss, uh, sort of the outlaw types or bad bad boy image. You can always but, go back to Oakland. Hey, John, we got less than a minute. Real quick, Tom Brady's going into his last year of his contract. You think he's going to get one of those Eli Manning type type of deals for our money? Thirty-five. I do. I, I I just think you have to give it to him, despite the uncertainty with the CBA. Um, I, you know, I'd hate to see it become contentious. And there was a Boston-based writer who wrote an article today uh, talking about that and making it seem like uh, you, you know there's concern out on the horizon. But I just think you know Brady is the face of the franchise, and and they're going to get something done. And, you know, Brady, by the way, today uh, all the media was talking about how much of uh, how he was just in complete control of the practice. You know, total leadership. It looks like he's taken his leadership up a level from leading by example to, you know, a lot of chatter and, and, and teaching, if you will. Yeah. Well, John, that's the music. So it's time for us to take another break. When we come back, We'll finish up the show talking about my team that I cover, the Houston Texans. Next on Outside the Huddle with Lee Mott Williams and co-host John Inglesby on the Voice of America Sports Network. Got it with 2.8 seconds left. I don't care where they 
put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The Sports Mavericks show redefines the elite athlete by bridging the gap between parents, athletes, and the community. Host Ida Moyer, a.k.a. the Oprah of Sports, brings to the Voice America Network original programming, balancing the pursuit of academic excellence and sports participation. The Sports Mavericks show airs every Tuesday evening at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Listeners will be engaged in straightforward talk, spontaneous and unscripted by the experts. Ida and her guests will explore the challenges of success and failure in sports and will help athletes and their parents navigate the transition from high school, college, and then on to the pros. We put fun back into sports and recognize role models in sports through our Sports Mavericks All-Star Award program. Tune in Tuesday evenings at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with Ida Mouillet and the Sports Mavericks Show right here on The Voice. Voice America Sports Channel. It's football, pop culture, and everything in between. Get ready for the game plan with Anthony Heron, a.k.a. Big Ant. Anthony has a background in college and professional football and brings the player, coach, and broadcaster perspective to this weekly roundup of the top sports news and events. Big Ant wants to hear from you, too. Tune in to the game plan with Anthony Heron every Tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific time on the voice america sports channel it's game time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're outside the huddle with lemont williams and co-host john inglesby Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. John, last segment we talked about the New England Patriots and their schedule and what there's some issues they face in this offseason. Uh, let's go ahead and roll into my primary team, the team I cover down here in Houston, Texas, which is the Texans. And uh, real quick, let's jump into their schedule, their 2010 schedule. And man, oh, man, when I first saw the schedule, John, when it was released, I said uh, if the Texans want to be considered a big boy team, we're, we definitely got a big boy schedule because this is, this is what I call a grown man schedule. We got – uh, New England, Co- I mean, uh, Indianapolis Coast, excuse me, right out the gate in week one. Mm-hmm. And overall, just looking at this tough schedule, we have the NFC East teams, as you guys have the NFC North teams. Uh, we have Washington and, and, and Dallas, 
as well as um, the Eagles. So overall, I give the, the Texans from this tough schedule 10 and 6, uh, a slight improvement from 9 and 7 where they finished up last year. I feel they will squeeze into the playoffs because they will win the series between the Jacksonville Jaguars. However, they will not make it to Dallas, which is the Super Bowl site for the 2010 season uh, due to lack of playoff experience. But, however, I think making the playoffs will keep Gary Kubek as a coach for one more year, even though he got that extension this offseason. Yes, uh, there's no question. I mean, the Texans are a team on the rise and clearly ready to take the next step. And for them, the next step is the playoffs. I mean, they, they just narrowly missed, you know, but for – uh, three wide field goal attempts. Uh, they'd, they'd have been in the playoffs with room to spare. So I wholeheartedly agree that the Texans are going to make the playoffs this year. And despite having a, a big boy schedule, as you <laughs> aptly described it. Yeah, they got a big boy schedule. No more baby food. We we're on whole we're on whole milk and whole food now. No more baby food for us. We got to step up to the plate. And one of the guys that's stepping up to the plate this all season, after having that successful nine and seven season last year for the first winning season for the Texans is Andre Johnson. Uh, he feels like you know his success last season he should be compensated for like every football player. And and uh, right when OTA jumped off, John uh, he missed a couple of practices and kind of started up a contract dispute with the front office, Texans front office, and he actually fired his uncle slash agent. Uh, right. but, but the trick is that he got five years left. Five years, five years left on his original contract that he signed back in 07, which is uh, on an eight-year deal. Uh, doesn't have that much leverage for us with the team, but I think firing his agent and going with a different guy probably can give him a good look. And then and Texas is one of those organizations that take care of their guys. So uh, give me your thoughts uh, on the Don, Andre Johnson situation. Well, Andre Johnson, is he's a beast and clearly the best player on the team. Uh, I was disappointed, you know. I mean, he, he again, five years left, you know, and I think he just got a new contract two years ago maybe. And, uh, you know, it's just it's a sign of the times. But, you know, he, he does seem like he came around fairly quickly and did show up, you know, after take, uh, after missing a few. And uh, But, again, you know, the, uh, you know, the Texans need to make him happy. And, and, and I think they will. I, I think they'll have to, you know, uh, come to a you know mutually beneficial conclusion of the whole thing so that uh you know there's no lingering after effects uh the Texans are not making the playoffs without a happy Andre Johnson that's for sure oh I, I agree with you 120 percent on that and I think front office Rick Smith is one of those guys general manager who kind of shook some kind of appreciation for his his effort last year and uh, Andre Johnson wants that Brandon Marshall type money, which I don't think he's going to get, but I think he will get some kind of pay increase over the next two seasons. So we go from one guy that's outstanding last year and did an outstanding job, but then we go to another guy that's kind of disappointing this all season, and that's our rookie. Well, not a rookie anymore. He's a first-year guy, second-year guy going to his second season. Rookie of the year, Pepsi player of the year, AP rookie of the year, Brian Cushing. Brian Cushing has been suspended for four games for the listeners out there that haven't been keeping up with the Texans for PEDs, which is performing enhancing drugs. Uh, his suspension ends on the 10th of October against the Giants home here at home in Texas uh, when we play the Giants here at home. John, uh, 
here's my opinion on that situation. I think uh, it kind of killed uh, the early start that the Texans wanted to get off to due to the fact that Brian Cushing made a, a great impact out the gate as a rookie. Uh, we had we needed some depth or we needed some help at the strong side linebacker position with him coming in from USC and filling that void and stepping up and becoming rookie of the year. I think this kind of not now because it's the off season, but mentally it kind of set us back because, like I stated earlier, we got a big boy schedule this season, and, and not having Brian Cushing for the first four games can make it real ugly for us early on in the NFL season. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Texans are a team that I think desperately wanted to uh, be more on the radar of you know NFL news on a national level. But not not this kind of news. You know, it really just uh, you know kind of burst onto the scene and it really got some you know heavy duty coverage, especially when uh, I believe it was Associated Press uh, you know did another vote, uh, which he still won for Rookie of the Year. But for a media organization to re-vote um, an award was you know based on the alleged use of PEDs was uh, incredible. Really, I don't ever remember it being done before. But you know, I agree. I think it might it does get him off on the wrong foot. Hopefully, it doesn't linger as a distraction. I, I thought that you know, when he did win the revote, that Brian Cushing should have just you know kept quiet and and you know thanked his lucky stars. But instead, he came out with some fairly yeah very strong comments and yeah exactly against the world so. mentality. Well, let me get your thoughts on that. Let me. What did you? What's your take on what you think about? Uh, do you see him in a different light now that he has been he's been cracked for as a or been busted with PEDs, or you think it's just uh, a situation where it's just a bad test or whatever? Well, I can't say I'm shocked. I mean, I think there's been allegations of PED use swirling around the USC program for a long, long time, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but nothing's really been proven. But nonetheless, when you know something like this happens to uh, a, a, a recent former Trojan, that uh, you, you can't be shocked. Not in this day and age. Nothing surprised me anymore, let alone this. But uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it was you know just disappointing because I, I think he was going to be a building block of that de- for that defense, and he still may be. Mm-hmm. But so you know. He, he certainly gets one mistake, and and he's had it. And uh, you know, we'll see how he handles it from from here on. Yeah, I agree. He's a workhorse. I definitely we'll see how he bounced back from this adversity earlier on in his career. But John, we got 30 seconds, man. Less than in our first show together as a host and co-host. So let's go ahead and thank the listeners out there for listening to Outside the Huddle with Lee Mike Williams and co-host John Inglesby. John, it's our first episode together. First show together. We got 99 more to go. First excited about this football season with you this year, and I uh, want to thank everybody for listening to the show. Uh, remember, sports plus business equals wealth. Until we meet next time. Thank you, Lima. Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams and co-host John Inglesby. 
We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.